Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Clear Channel's iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Better than before. An hour of beauty, health, fitness, and lifestyle advice from renowned columnist and author Jane Wilkins Michael and her guest, top experts in their fields. Join Jane's campaign to become better than before. Now, here she is, Jane Wilkins Michael. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show, Better Than Before, on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm Jane. I'm coming to you live from New York City. I want to thank you all for being with us. Hi, Lori. Hi, Jane. Everyone, my producer, Lori Houston, who puts the happy in Happy New Year. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good, good. You? you know, I have to tell you something. Since Christmas is almost upon us and uh, putting wishes out there to the universe, I was looking uh, for something for my little four-year-old twins, and there was a contest in the New York Post, which uh, is sort of my favorite paper here in New York. Uh, it was a sled for two from L.L. Bean. It was really nice. So I entered the contest. Um, I used another name because I was so mortified that I would do anything like this, and I didn't want anyone to know. Well, guess what, Lori? I won. I won the sled. That's awesome. They just told me this morning, and I've never won anything except maybe a dollar from a scratch-off and a pair of plastic earbuds at my kid's school raffle after I had bought about $10,000 worth of tickets. But And then I also had to tell them my real name, and I was hoping I was still eligible. Anyway, so thank you, New York Post. I am thrilled that Glammy will have a great gift to give her little girls. All right. So speaking of holiday time, it is also heart attack season, what with all the trans fats and cronuts that are consumed. Um, And we both know, uh, know, Lori, that many of us will break those resolutions to eat better and exercise more at around 12.01 on New Year's Day. (laughs) Of course. Um, But, you know, it's not necessary to compete in the Red Bull Cliff Diving Championships, as you and I do, Lori, each year. We'll talk about that on another show. (laughs) Uh, And just Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, And just a small amount of exercise each day is a great help to ensuring that our hearts stay healthy through the holidays and beyond. Now, before we bring on my friend Robert Macari, who's CEO of Alona Cosmetics, um, who is going to give, we're going to have a beauty talk after the break. I'd like you to meet my first guest, another favorite of mine, Ed Dana Miller. He is a specialist pharmacist in the Express Scripts Cardiovascular Resource Center, who will talk about the impact of a regular exercise program on your heart and why it's so important. Welcome to the show, Ed. Thank you so much for being with us again. Oh, it's, it's sure glad to be on your show again here, Jane. Well, we love to have you. You know, Ed, there was just a story in the Wall Street Journal the other day, and it said that patients are coming out of a doctor's office now with prescriptions for physical therapy in addition to medications, doctor's referrals, and follow-up protocols, and they are considering exercise a new vital sign. And, you know, we know it's even more important for heart attack patients. Uh, Simply getting that recommended amount of exercise can help reduce the cardiovascular events, such as heart attack and stroke, by 30 
to 40%, according to the American Heart Association. And that's a, that's a huge figure. So, Ed, um, let's talk a little bit about heart health in general. It, it, the statistics of people who have heart conditions in America are pretty staggering, right? Uh, it sure is. Uh, Americans suffer, Jane, uh, 1.5 million heart attacks and strokes every year. Uh, cardiovascular disease, including heart attack and stroke, is the leading cause of death in the U.S. And each year, Jane, 800,000 Americans die of heart disease. And there's a lot of contributing factors like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, smoking, unhealthy diet choices that all contribute to that. Uh, but the American Heart Association uh, does estimate that as many as 250,000 of those deaths are attributable to a lack of regular physical activity. And that's an awful lot. And, and, and they say that a third of Americans get the minimum, a third, uh, less than a third of the Americans get the minimum of, uh, daily, amount of daily exercise that is recommended by the American Heart Association. And, you know, it's, it, it's not like nobody knows the facts. It's not like the nutrition facts on a Big Mac that are hidden, you know, behind the door at a McDonald's. It is very well known today that exercise has a great impact on our um, cardiovascular system, is it not? It, it sure does. You're definitely correct. Uh, the, the benefits of exercise are great. Uh, it does help your heart muscle to get stronger. It helps you to be more active without chest pain. Uh, uh, exercise lowers your blood pressure, lowers your cholesterol, helps keep your blood sugar under control, helps you lose weight, keep your bones strong. These are incredible benefits that are available if you just, uh, get, just get out there and get some exercise. Right, and and also I think uh, if you if you do exercise, it shows that fit individuals, uh, if you do have any um, coronary heart disease issues, uh, they will develop at a later age than the less active. Uh, yeah, you are correct. Uh, you know what? There's a, a recent cardiovascular study that came out, Jane, that shows that uh, just a little bit of exercise goes a long way. Uh, the study found that just Five to ten minutes of daily running, even at really slow speeds, can significantly lower the risk of mortality. And in the study, it said like between 30 and 40 percent lower uh, mortality risk and, and an added three-year life expectancy benefit. So, so I counsel my patients just to set a reasonable goal for themselves and, and, and get started, even if it's only like a 10-minute walking around the block each day. It's, it, it does help. All right, and that's good to hear because I know many people are scared that they have to run marathons uh, in order for it to be effective. But as you say, it doesn't, it doesn't take all that much. Now, are there certain precautions that cardiovascular patients must take if they are just beginning an exercise program? Uh, there are some precautions. Uh, speak to your doctor before starting an exercise program is especially important if you're a, a patient with diabetes or had some type of heart surgery, chest pain, or any shortness of breath, or recently had a, a heart attack, uh, let me note that individuals with diabetes in particular will need frequent pre-, midpoint-, and post-exercise glucose monitoring when they begin an edu- uh, exercise regimen just to see how their body is going to respond and maybe they need to adjust their treatment. Uh, just having fast-acting glucose available to treat low blood sugar levels is a good idea for these patients. But I tell all my patients just to ask their doctor what is a a heart rate goal that they should set for their exercise program just to help them to minimize their risk. 
Right. And if you take medications, do those have any impact on, on an exercise program, on how you exercise? Uh, they most certainly do, Jane. Um, many cardiovascular patients are on what we call beta blockers, uh, like metoprolol or carvedilol or atenolol. Uh, these medications can reduce uh, both the resting and the exercise heart rate. Uh, in these patients, uh, a person can work out much harder without the heart rate elevating. Let me just give you an example, like exercising at a 125 beats per minute while on a beta blocker may be the same as, as 155 without it. So if your, your maximum uh, aerobic heart rate is 140, you can be overtraining at 125 while you're on a, a beta blocker. Uh, antiarrhythmic drugs and calcium channel blockers can also reduce uh, your exercise heart rate. So, so these patients may have a lower heart rate goal for their exercise regimen. Uh, so make sure that, you know, if you're on one of these, ask your doctor what is a, a safe exercise pulse rate goal for yourself. And, and remember to take your pulse during exercise. That way, if your heart's beating out of a safe zone, you can slow down appropriately. All right. I take my pulse all day. So that's just, you know, but when you're kind of a health alarmist such as myself, pulse taking is very, <laughs> and I was very, it's unfortunate because my little blood pressure machine doesn't seem to work anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, now, are there any activities that they should definitely avoid? I know sometimes, you know, when it's snowing in the winter, everyone gets out on the weekends and they shovel all their snow and that, and you know, you find that a lot of uh, people have heart attacks because of that. Anything that they should definitely avoid in their programs? Well, uh, shoveling in the winter like that uh, is something that um, a lot of uh, cardiovascular patients should avoid. Uh, other things, maybe like push-ups, sit-ups, heavy lifting, these are usually activities that, that uh, physicians want their cardiovascular patients to avoid as well. Uh, mowing is another one. Uh, a lot of doctors do recommend starting patients slowly on exercises such as just walking, swimming, light jogging. These kind of activities are, are really helpful. Right. Now, if you're already on an exercise routine, is there anything that we should be cautious of if you have heart problems? Uh, I do. I do have a couple suggestions. Uh, number one, just pace yourself, giving your body rest between workouts. Uh, number two, don't, don't exercise outdoors when it's uh, really hot or cold or humid. Uh, extreme temperatures can make your breathing difficult and, and uh, cause chest pain. Uh, try walking instead in your local mall where temperatures are regulated. And when it's cold, like it will be here in the next few months, cover your nose and mouth when exercising outside. Uh, number three, I tell my patients to stay hydrated, drinking water, even before you feel thirsty and especially on hot days. Uh, number four, uh, because of added heart stress, uh, skip extremely cold or hot showers or sauna baths after exercise. That could be uh, stressful for your heart. Uh, number five, I tell my patients just uh, don't exercise in hilly areas if possible because it, it may cause your heart to, to work too hard. Uh, and all these kind of settings, though, monitor your heart rate closely with your doctor's heart rate goal in mind. And uh, number six, uh, stop exercising if you feel pain while exercising or become dizzy, short of breath, or fatigued. And contact your doctor for next steps. And, and number seven, stop the activity if you develop a regular, uh, irregular heartbeat or, or a rapid heartbeat. Uh, check your pulse after 15 minutes of rest, and if your pulse is still above 100 to 120 beats per minute, then, then I tell my patients to call their doctor. Right. Now, Ed, 
we know, and, and thank you for that. That's very, very important information. But a regular exercise routine along with adherence to their medications uh, can put, you know, cardiovascular patients on the path to better health, to, to health that is better than before. But certainly there are other lifestyle uh, suggestions for really keeping your heart at the optim- functioning optimally. And I don't think that it includes eating Cinnabons, as my husband would like me to believe, correct? <laughs> and yeah, Krona- and cronuts, year, right? And and the dreaded cronuts that he discovered. I said, no, 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 they don't. It's not. There's no such thing as a good for you cronut. Anyway, um, any important lifestyle suggestions other than exercise that you can recommend to our listeners? Uh, yes, I do. Um, I just tell my patients to to listen to your body. Uh, just as it's a good idea to be aware of the warning signs and symptoms that may indicate a problem while exercising. Also listen to a a high-stress lifestyle and a high-fat junk food diet that can also adversely affect your health, too. Uh, You know, Jane, I also often counsel my patients that that good heart health is is like a three-legged stool. Leg one is adherence to the proper medication regimen. Leg two is just to get out there and get some exercise. And leg three is just to follow a low-fat low-sugar, healthy diet, uh, and a, a less-stress uh, lifestyle as well. And, and, and a break in any one of those three legs, Jane, can just cause problems. Yeah, well, that's very good advice, and and I hope my husband is listening, Ed. We just have to, you know, make sure he follows. He he he, he claims that I kind of nag him about this, but it's really really important. It, it, they're really suggestions that you make that can ultimately save your life. So thank you so much for being with us. Come back again. Everyone, if cardiovascular issues are a concern, talk to your doctor or specialist pharmacist like Ed. They can intervene to either change the therapy regimen or help alleviate side effects. Members and others who would like more information should visit their blog at lab.express-scripts.com. And if you'd like to hear my other shows with Ed, please go to my website, janewilkinsmichael.com, to access them. Stay with us after the break. I'm going to have a beauty talk with my good friend Robert Macari, CEO of Alona Skincare. You are listening to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. Stay with us. We will be right back. This portion of the Jane Wilkins Michael Show is brought to you by Express Scripts. Express Scripts oversees 1.4 billion pharmacy claims each year on behalf of employers, health plans, unions, and government health programs. Express Scripts works to make the use of prescription drugs safer and more affordable for the 100 million Americans they serve. Understanding that better decisions lead to healthier outcomes, Express Scripts helps patients make the best drug choices and health choices possible. Their disease-specific pharmacists are here to help you better understand your prescribed therapy lower your overall health care costs, and, ultimately, stay on the path to better health. For more information, visit ExpressScripts.com. Want to know where you can hear Jane Wilkins' Michael's show better than before? Well, that's easy. You can tune in to Jane via Clear Channel's iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and at bmajor.org. Now, back to Jane Wilkins-Michael and Better Than Before. 
Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show, Better Than Before, on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm here with Lori, as always. And now joining us is Robert McCurry. He is CEO of Alona Cosmetics. And I must tell you that I get sent many beauty products to try before I write about them or recommend them to our listeners. And I don't normally promote companies on the air, but I must say that I actually order and reorder products from Alona because they are just so good. And that is how I met Robert McCurry. Um, and his mother is the legendary beauty expert, Alona herself. And Robert and I became very good friends. He has a font of knowledge about beauty. He knows all the industry gossip, which we cannot share with you because we are still in the business and we wish to remain so. Uh, but we can talk about the latest beauty trends, advancements. He has learned from his 30 years of being with the company. Welcome back to the show, Robert. Thank you so Hello, much for Hello, Jane. How are us. you? I'm good. Please meet Lori. She's a natural beauty. Hello, Lori. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. She doesn't need anything. She just exudes beauty, as mm. you will hear. Wow. <laughs> um, now, Robert, you and I have spoken about beauty forever, right? Many times. But once again, we can now share your knowledge with our listeners. Um, so let's start, about, let's start talking about beauty products in general. And, and you know, especially in the holiday time, and I've said this before on the show, it is a beauty jungle out there. And if you ever go into a department store, especially this time of year, you are assaulted by, you know, makeup artists and those little ninja perfumers. They attack you and spray you and they pull you over to their counter um, and you can also find things online, but um, online beauty, uh, as you know, is, uh, it, you know, now I'm just reading something. It's about $4.3 billion a year, and that's only a very small part of the industry, but it's becoming one of the most active online categories. And if you Google how to plus beauty, you are going to come up with countless and, you know, product information, YouTube videos. It's, it's endless. So how do we navigate through all that, Robert? Uh, everyone is an expert. If you uh, Google just what you said, there's going to be so many recommendations how to treat a con- condition, whether you're using uh, um, remedies that you find in your kitchen or in your refrigerator to something far more drastic on the other end, which is a dermatologic procedure or even surgery. I think consumers need to become more aware of their skin and to a certain extent, resist the temptation to always jump onto the newest, uh, latest uh, so-called innovation. The, the industry is very adept at um, bringing out new products with uh, new technologies, but they're not necessarily going to be a good substitute for something you had been using, your skin had become accustomed to, and that you're getting good results from it. Uh, and I think that's where the industry stumbles uh, on itself a little bit by introducing so many products, uh, confusing consumers, and all of a sudden they're then right. back back into this maze. Right. And then, you know, you can only try so much. You only have one face, you know. So, That's right. And, and if you mix a lot of things, sometimes you do get reactions from there. If you have sensitive skin, you don't know what. So, it, uh, you, uh, you know, and it, it, again, it, it is very, very confusing. So, but from being in the beauty business for so long, how would you say women's habits in general have changed over the years? Okay. I'm going to speak the truth here. The, the American woman I think has become somewhat lackadaisical uh, in their skincare routine. I often hear many 
clients, many customers uh, saying that they will often go to bed with makeup still on. And from listening and watching my mother for decades, that is one taboo she has definitely uh, um, always taken care of. She's always cleansed her skin. She's always properly prepared it for a good night's rest. And I just find that a lot of people are trying to find more of a magic bullet. Uh, they, they, they don't follow a, a, a skincare regimen faithfully or properly, and then they're out looking for something that's going to correct some of the uh, harm that's been done by not uh, properly maintaining their skin. So I think that there, is, uh, there needs to be more due diligence on, on everyone's behalf uh, and encouraging people to clean their skin at night, wear sunscreen, um, and, you know, do, do things that probably your mother or grandmother uh, advocated uh, uh, and, and you should be doing today. Right, and some things never change. You're right. I mean, you just have to. But it's it's interesting because I I I always ask people what they're what they're wearing and you know what. And I, one day I actually stopped a woman on the street and I said, "What foundation are you wearing?" And and she kind of looked at me oddly, and she said, uh, "Warner's." And I said, "Warner's." And she said, "Oh my goodness! I thought you asked me. My husband is in the lingerie business, and I thought you know." And she was older, and foundation was the word for like bras and girdles. <laughs> Days. So, she, so she thought I had asked what you know what what uh, you know what what bra she was wearing, but I was actually trying to ask what base you know what mm. what she was wearing. And by the way, I love your base. Your realistic base that you make is fantastic. Thank you. Well, real foundations nowadays, especially our realistic foundation. Uh, the the industry is trending more towards more sheer foundations, but using technology that don't that will not prevent uh, that will prevent the color from shifting. Uh, many times the old traditional foundation bases, as you wore them, the longer you wore them, they mixed with the oils in the skin, they would change color. But our realistic, for example, is a is a, a patented technology that doesn't allow the foundation color really to drift, and it has the uh, Million ability to adapt to the skin tone as well. So the industry is uh, ripe with uh, excellent technology for foundations that weren't available 10, 15, 20 years ago. Right, and that's sort of my next question. How have the ingredients changed over the years? Oh, they've they've become much more sophisticated, uh, much much pharma like than they were 20, 30 years ago, where you 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 didn't have the technology the science um the the methodologies to create and extract uh ingredients from plants uh, from uh, even bacteria they didn't have these things in the past the industry has been has benefited from the 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 claims that we want to make and suppliers wanting to create technology and ingredients for us to meet those claims so uh, the peptide technology, protein-based technology like we have in our Restruct range, these are things that tw 20, 30 years ago could not exist because there was not technology to harvest them and bring them safely to, uh, to market. 
Right. Now, on that subject also, would you say that you have to invest in a more expensive product to get, you know, better ingredients? Or can you go to your local, you know, CVS or Dwayne Reed and, and you know, a chain, uh, a mass sort of market uh, store, drugstore? Do you find the same quality or should you really invest in a few more expensive, I don't know if that's necessarily better, but, you know, products that maybe have finer ingredients? I think there's a scale. I think there's the low end uh, where the mass market uh, retailers uh, come into focus. Then there's the extremely high end where you get brands that are predominantly sold at uh, high-end stores like Bergdorf Goodman. And then there's there's somewhat in the middle, maybe a little bit more right uh, to the middle towards the more expensive. I would hope that our um, colleagues in the industry, if they're going to be charging higher prices, are going to be using better technology. I think the industry is self-policing, and many of them do a very good job. I think that if you are going to invest in a product that uh, has th- uh, is going to break $100, then you begin uh, re- really looking at the technology that the manufacturer is stating is going to deliver it. But on the flip side, you're going to get products that feel better on the skin, that feel better instantly and many hours later. There's just technology that costs more that only the upper echelon manufacturers can afford to put into the product. You won't, you'll find copycat technology at the mass market end, but at the prestige level, you get performance with the luxury, and many women want that. They don't just want the, the feel and a, and, a, and a price point that is below 19.95. They want the feel, they want performance, they want luxury, and that's what they're able to get today. Right. And also a lot of dermatologists are offering their brands. So you think they're, you know, doctor brands. Are they necessarily better for your skin? Well, here's an industry secret. Most of those doctors' brands are made by companies and manufacturers that are making other products. What the doctors have done wisely is that they have uh, uh, capitalized on their name and on their reputation and the fact that it says doctor before or after their name or MD. Uh, it, it seems to go a long way, but th- it's a fallacy to think that they have their own chemists, their own laboratories developing these products. They're usually just rebranded as uh, as a doctor brand with really having none of that uh, their 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 science, their degree, their pedigree actually in the uh, product itself. They're using manufacturers that are used by uh, many skincare uh, companies uh, from east coast to west. Right. See, I knew I knew you'd give us the beauty scoop, Robert. <laughs> you got it. You tell it like it is. I know years ago, and I'm not going to mention the name because you, I'm sure you know this this person, but she would put an MD um, after her her product, and I said, you know, I I didn't realize you were a doctor. She goes, no, 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 MD. My husband is a meat dealer. <laughs> So, I just I just used his you know his his credit on the on the brand. Now you know speaking of ingredients, and we're all uh, getting on the on the green train. But as you know, some of it's a little deceptive because you know the first ingredient you see is is green tea, and then when you get to ingredient number three, you you can't pronounce it. It's it's totally unpronounceable. And with food, you know, 
I always say if you can't pronounce it, don't buy it. But um, what are some of the chemicals that are put into products today that we should be wary of? It depends which uh, which products that you're looking for. Of course, you know you have the the problem ingredients with nail polish. Uh, so you could have toluene that you want to avoid in soap. Yeah, you um, when you buy a bar of soap, it, whether it's tallow based or synthetic based, you really never can tell. Uh, they they really do not uh, have to uh, give a an ingredient statement that would lead you to a conclusion. I would say some of the ingredients that would be taboo uh, with with one skin type may not be taboo with another. Like for example, alcohol has its purpose with oily, more acne genic skin. It doesn't have its place in liquid makeups, dry skin formulas. It, it's 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 counter uh, counteracting and counterintuitive to um, good skincare chemistry uh, that is um, working with the skin. Right. And also, you know, a lot of people today, I mean, the big thing is gluten-free. And, you know, years ago when you mentioned gluten, people thought of, you know, your butt muscles, right? <laughs> they, they never thought of, you know. Um, but they're saying, you know, and a lot of ingredients are a little bit deceptive because there is, let's say you really are, you know, the three people who actually have celiac disease. But, uh, you know, now it's a big trend. Everything is gluten-free. But there is a lot of wheat. I mean, the, the, you, basically you have to know Latin to decipher a lot of the ingredients. But, you know, we were talking uh, the other day, Robert, you and I, and you had said that um, there is, there's a chemical in some of the um, foundations that we should watch out for. What was that? The chemical in the foundation, it, it, well, I, 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 I don't recall the conversation exactly, but I know that we were talking about alcohol. I'm finding right. that used more and more in, uh, in uh, foundations to uh, solubilize some existing ingredients and with these serum type of foundations so that it thins it out so it doesn't uh, stick to the pipette. But it's 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 poor chemistry. You never would want to do this. But um, I would say that um, the the technology and foundation can still be benefited by using skincare ingredients like peptides. Uh, and and nowadays there's also a focus skincare wise to use products that that are helping the skin from the harmful effects of sugar that are known as uh, anti-glycation end products. So you're finding that in foundations too, uh, that uh, you know the ingestion of sugar uh, into the body translate ulti- ultimately to collagen degradation in the skin. Right, well, that's interesting. And also, you know, when we talk about preservatives, they're parabens, have, you know, they've been in the news lately, but we stick our dirty little fingers into, let's talk about, it's not necessarily a foundation, yes, but also beauty products. Do we need certain chemicals in the product just to preserve them? From ourselves, <laughs> yeah, that's it's a good question. Many many manufacturers of foundation are going to pumps uh, to avoid the uh, cross contamination uh, that's more susceptible to a bottle that can be opened and closed with a screw cap. So more manufacturers are going to pumps uh, or airless bottles. You need ingredients to uh, to prevent bacteria and pathogens from growing in a product. Uh, the the minimum would be a shelf life of at least two years. And I'm not talking about something that expires as six months after opening like a mascara. That is due to drying out of formulas once they've been opened. But you you need preservatives to keep 
keep uh, and maintain the freshness of um, of all your skin care. Right. So not all chemicals are bad to have. You know, there's no such thing as a completely, totally natural product. I don't think there is. I, I, I think that, you, you again, because you have so many germs that you want to protect yourself from getting um, problems with your skin, with your little dirty fingers that I always stick into the creams. I shouldn't. Yours is pumps, so I've, I've learned to use a, a pump. <laughs> I don't, That's true. I, I no longer uh, use my, my fingers. Now, as we know, good skin is the basis of everything, and your mother has perfect skin, and, and she always, um, you know, every time I speak with her and speak with you, I always look in the mirror and say, gee, my skin is good because of, of Lona. Um, so it's more than genetics, as you know. It's really taking care of ourselves. So what would you say, let's talk about having just good skin in general. Um, what are some of the things that we should definitely do to have the best skin ever? Uh, this may sound like a broken record, but I would I would so um, profoundly tell women you must use sunscreen, and you want to begin using it as early as possible. I still am petrified when I see young uh, ladies that are showcasing their tan that they just got from a tanning salon or a beach. Um, they it, it doesn't look so bad on a 20-year-old, but I will tell you, as that 20-year-old migrates into her 30s and early 40s, those um, that sun damage will really begin to uh, show devastation on the skin. And that's when they begin to run to uh, formulas that really show the greatest promise because then they're looking at a face in the mirror that looks a little bit different than the face a year or two earlier. It can happen within that time period. And so I would say sunscreen is still the most important uh, beneficial thing that a woman can do for her skin. And I would say maintaining diligent skincare habits, cleaning the skin every night. My mother is also big on taking a uh, vitamins uh, with fish oil, eating sensibly, having a good attitude is, is amazing what it can do to the vibrancy of the face. Uh, if, 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 if My mother is a walking example of that. Right. And also I want to add that sunscreen, you don't, it doesn't have to be a sunny day for you to use sunscreen because a lot of people say oh, it's cloudy, it's raining, I don't need it. UVA, UVB rays, UVA aging, UVB burning, they're always, you know, even though the burning isn't out there, the aging is always out there. So it's a good idea, as you have always recommended, to use it just, you know, just put it on in the morning and, and that's it. Is there any, should you look for 30 or 20 or what's the best daily sunscreen that you if, can recommend? For, for, for daily use when you're not going to be exposed to direct sunlight and you're really more in an office environment, SPF 15 is, is, is comfortable, 15 to 20. 30 gets you to a spectrum of where you're blocking 98% of the sun's rays. Uh, and now the FDA monograph, uh, which n now um, um, indicates the highest level that a manufacturer can have is actually 50. No more you're going to find 99s, 100s. Uh, so 50 will be ultimately the top. But a 50 is infinitesimally stronger and blocks uh, just a little bit more than an SPF 30, even though there's a 20-point uh, difference. 
Right. I always look like a beekeeper when I go to the beach. I mean, I have like gloves and a hat and I just, I don't, I don't like to burn in the sun any more than I'd like to actually get in a bathing suit. So, uh, Robert, we are going to take a quick break. And when we return, we are going to have more beauty talk and basically how we can take care of our skin in the winter now that it's getting cooler out. So everyone stay with us after this break. We are going to be right back with Robert McCurry. This portion of the Jane Wilkins Michael show is brought to you by Express Scripts. Express Scripts oversees 1.4 billion pharmacy claims each year on behalf of employers, health plans, unions, and government health programs. Express Scripts works to make the use of prescription drugs safer and more affordable for the 100 million Americans they serve. Understanding that better decisions lead to healthier outcomes, Express Scripts helps patients make the best drug choices and health choices possible. Their disease-specific pharmacists are here to help you better understand your prescribed therapy, lower your overall healthcare costs, and ultimately, stay on the path to better health. For more information, visit expressscripts.com. Want to know where you can hear Jane Wilkins Michael's show better than before? Well, that's easy. You can tune in to Jane via Clear Channel's iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and at bmajor.org. Now, back to Jane Wilkins-Michael and Better Than Before. Welcome back, everyone. We're live. We're here with Lori and Robert McCurry, chairman of one of my favorite companies, Alona Cosmetics. Robert, welcome. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, during the break, and Lori actually mentioned it, you know, we're, we, uh, she's interested in having us talk a little bit more about the chemicals in sunscreens. Um, Lori, why don't you say, why don't you ask the question? <laughs> <laughs> well, it just, I remember a dermatologist telling me never go above 15, that there's too many chemicals in it. Now, I know that that was a long time ago, and I'm sure that things have changed. I was going to say that's a statement that probably was made many years ago. Uh, sunscreen technology has come very far. Uh, uh, back in the day, uh, anything over an SPF 15 began to use very harsh chemicals. Uh, if you wanted to go the natural route, let's say with zinc or titanium dioxide, the downside would be the, the a very whitish uh, appearance to the skin. People always re- would remember that, that that sunscreen can never really be blended and massaged and, and it would never really disappear into the skin. Nowadays, the, the, the technology on the natural spectrum uh, with zinc and titanium dioxide, these can be uh, micronized uh, to such a small nanometer and wrapped so that when you put it on the skin, it, it no longer leaves that white um, geisha type of look to the skin. It's, a, it, it's transparent. It will feel a little bit heavier than other forms of sunblock, but on the other spectrum where you're dealing with chemicals, there is such a variety and they're very high-end chemicals that block UVA, UVB, and even the UVC spectrum that are very kind to the skin. But I think if someone's going to have a reaction, it will be 
nowadays more because of the base formula, not so much the active sunscreen ingredients because you can take good sunscreen uh, technology, put it into a poorly formulated base, and that consumer will have irritation, redness. She may be prone to point to the sunscreens when in reality it was a poorly formulated base that uh, really aggravated her and perhaps let some of the chemicals may, uh, may uh, aggravate her even more. Right. I used to, years ago, wear titanium dioxide. I remember it came in a tube. You just put it, like, on your nose when you certainly didn't want to get burned or, have, right. any, or have anyone come within 10 feet of you. Those <laughs> days are gone. Bizarre, right? <laughs> um, but now they're saying there's titanium dioxide. There, there are a couple of ingredients that now they're saying in the, in, the, uh, uh, in the news now that some of them can actually cause cancer themselves. So isn't that a little counterproductive if you uh, are wearing something supposedly so you don't get skin cancer and you're getting it from the chemicals that they're putting into the product. So, um, but, but they're putting stronger and stronger, as you said, um, uh, sunblocks into the product, which is good. I think it does prevent a lot of our wrinkling and, and aging of the skin, which is, you know, if you see, if you look at a, a couch that you've left by the window that never goes out in the sun, but even just the reflection from the window causes it to fade. So the sun is very, very powerful. That's correct. You, you, I remember Google had uh, done an article about a truck driver that uh, they showed one side of uh, the truck driver's face versus the other, and the one that pointed on the left side mainly that uh, that was the side that got the sun over the decades of driving was much different than the other side. I mean, if that is not the most um, important truth, that sun damage will affect you, and it can even affect only half of your face if you know if you happen to have an occupation that's going to expose uh, you to um, uh, to UVA rays right exactly and sometimes you get a burn on your left side which means that you, you know if you're driving a lot that's the whole uh, your left side of your face and your left arm so remember it's not only the face you have to cover it's your hands your decollete your neck all the all the parts that are exposed to the sun now before uh, you had mentioned it earlier in the first uh, first part and and you said it again during the break um, we shouldn't eat sugar because it's bad for us in so many ways. But what is it in the products now? You were t- talk a little bit about sugar and products and, and what it does to your skin, what they do to your skin. Well, over the last few years, they've been able to demonstrate what happens to sugar molecules after they've been ingested, that um, they eventually find their way uh, to the uh, surface of the skin and can cause what's called glycation. And glycation leads to a collagen breakdown, which is very sinister. It's um, something that um, can be alleviated and, 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 and uh, counteracted by less ingestion of sugar in all, in all its forms. Its most natural form would be the best. But by also, um, you can, you can um, topically apply what's called anti-glycation pro- uh, technology or ingredients or things that are n- known as AGE, and AGE uh, stands for Advanced Glycation End uh, Products. So this branch of chemistry and, and skincare science is now beginning to be seriously looked at and manufacturers are delivering to skincare companies like us technology to thwart uh, glycation in the skin. Uh, people that uh, ingest a lot of sugar, you'll see um, e- even if they've 
taken fairly good care of themselves over the years, the sugar has a detrimental effect to the skin, but also probably to internal organs that you're that are not so readily visible. Right. Now, you know, we're talking about sugar. Talk a little bit about lifestyle uh, aside from the sun. Is it what we eat? It do you, does it really show on your face if you don't follow a good diet, you don't sleep enough, um, you drink too sleep much? Is, I think sleep is extremely important. I know that it's almost a badge of honor nowadays to be able to only sleep for four hours and uh, have your 12-hour work day. But sleep will, lack of sleep will manifest itself on, in so many ways on the human body, uh, on your cognitive ability, on your, on your physiological health, but also on your skin. You begin to have less um, um, activity in the, just in basic skin processes. I think that sleep is something that needs to be and, and is being studied more as its value overall from the health of the human mind to the body and even to the skin. And your skin does repair itself and it goes through a different form of synchronization as you sleep. Uh, that's why a lot of people can uh, awake in the morning after a good night's sleep and feel totally re-energized from the, from the day before. And that's because of the miracle that has taken place uh, as you sleep. Lifestyle, I think, is very important. I think even a mental attitude is, is, is hugely important. There's something very uh, attractive uh, even on, on, a, on a person's face who's just extremely positive, is not uh, um, is, is hopeful, is energetic, that shows up on the face. It shows up in the brightness of the eyes, and, and that probably also leads to better um, behaviors when they take care of their skin, their teeth, their hair. I think that this all plays into projecting a, an image that um, you feel good and you look much, much better. And right. I think vitamins are important in eating well. Yeah, of health. Now, do you um, are the uh, fish oils a lot of vitamin A? I mean, what are some of the vitamins that you recommend? You highly recommend that we should take every day for a our good, skin. A good daily uh, vitamin, a daily multivitamin. Fish oil is uh, very important. Um, I would. I, I personally, I take. I don't know what the what the um, size is, but you get them at Costco. I take six of those every night, and the package says only take two. Uh, two, I think, twice a day. So I'm taking much more than I should. But I've been doing this for many, many years, and I can tell you, you can see it on my skin. Uh, you, so, it, it, and it's not just that just alone on that I'm doing that's making my skin look good, but just that's a that's an important uh, benefit from taking fish oil. Um, I also take uh, D3 because I, I live in a colder climate and uh, I'm, not, I'm, the, I'm not exposed to a lot of sun. And if I do, I, I'm wearing sunscreen, so the skin can't syn- cannot synthesize its own vitamin D3. So I take a lot of D3. I take vitamin K, which helps in circulation and the brightness of the eyes. Uh, and I and, and quite frankly, I, I do take new vitamins as I read about them and, and see what their effect is on my you know on my mood, on my skin, on my health. And uh, but I, I would say fish oil and a daily vitamin uh, is is very important. And women probably need to take different ones uh, than, than men. Right. I take a spoonful of cod liver oil every 
morning. And I think it really makes a difference. It's vitamin A and D. It makes a huge difference on my skin. When I don't do it, I do notice a, a difference. It's not the greatest taste, but if you wash <laughs> it down with <laughs> with a lot yeah. of water, you, you can't really taste it after a while. But I, I'm kind of used to it. Um, so what would you say also now, you mentioned that you, you know, the, the, the climate is getting colder for, for many of us. Um, how do you change your skincare routine when the weather gets colder from the summer and fall routine? Many of us have seasonal skin and I'm still surprised how many people don't change when we're in the depth of winter. They're using the same products that they've been using in the, in the, in the middle of summer. And for some that are of a certain age and their skin is dry, they might be able to use the same dry skin skin care in the winter as the summer. They may have to add more serums and do more layering in the winter. But I am constantly surprised how many consumers don't change gears uh, with their skincare routine as they get into summer. They're using, the, for example, a toner that may be lighter and have more of a liquidy type of um, uh, texture to it that is great during the summer, but uh, during the winter, they, that, that same toner is going to dry their skin out. They need to go to an alcohol-free toner, one that will put a little bit more, re- replenish a little bit more moisture in the skin from the cleansing process. I know people that can use a foaming cleanser in the summer when it's uh, hotter and the skin is making more oil and during the winter they don't change and they complain that they're dry and I say you should be now using a uh, a mild lotion cleanser that uh, is not going to um, rob the skin of uh, emollients and moisture as you use it. It's 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 classic, and we get many people that still are not changing their uh, routine until it's they they actually start noticing that their skin uh, just has a grayish cast to it. Right, and, and of course the cold weather doesn't help. It is it's that's it's, correct. Yeah. Now you mentioned briefly alcohol. I'm not to lose our entire audience, but. Um, is there such a thing as, um, you know, I know that, you know, we're not looking like W.C. Fields with the, with the, uh, (laughs) with with the veins in our nose, but is alcohol detrimental to our skins in general? Well, I, I, I don't want to be a party pooper because I, I, you know, I wish I could say the more the merrier. I think there are certain types of alcohol that you can enjoy that might have tertiary benefits to the body, which also then extend to the skin. But I think overdoing certain alcohols that you know can make you red or just – people, they, they, they know – some people know that they must stay away from this alcohol or that alcohol. They can just, they can just tell that physiologically something changes with them uh, when they drink. Like, for example, I cannot really drink – Drink red wine. It gives me a headache within an hour of. T- yeah. uh, but I think that uh, everything in moderation. I don't always obey that uh, uh, commandment myself, but um, I also don't overdo it. So I, I like to enjoy myself, and and uh, but I try to you know I try I try to do things in between that uh, take care of my health and my skin in between, and I try to I try to I try to consume what's called clean, clear liquors that, uh, that um, are easily um, assimilated by the body. Right. Well, you are the picture of health and beauty, Robert. <laughs> 
That is why I keep I drive. coming back to you. So tell our audience, we have come to the, the end of the show, tell our audience where they can find you and Alona Products. The best Just Alona way Products. To, the best way to discover the brand would be to go to Ilona, that's I-L-O-N-A dot com. Uh, you can find the total breadth of the skincare that we manufacture, the technologies that we use, a little bit more about my mother who started the company, and and learn all about the products and get a little bit of education on your skin as well. And uh, you're also uh, welcome to call the 800 number, which is 800-622-4355, and we have very... Um, uh, astute, knowledgeable um, uh, women that can answer many of your questions. Terrific. Well, thank you. And I'm going to call you so we can gossip. The, all the stuff that we couldn't really talk about on the Please air. Please do. You, you and I are going to go for, an, for another gossip section here, aside from our beauty Sounds talk. Sounds good. All right. Well, everyone, that's our show. Thank you again, Robert. Thank you, Laurie, as always. And thank you all for listening. I'm going to leave you all with my favorite quote, and that is from all people, Willy Wonka. If you want paradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to do, do it. Want to change the world? There's nothing to it. So go out, everyone, on this new year and change the world. I'll be back soon. Until then, this is Jane Wilkins-Michael. Be wise, be well, be better than before. Have a question for Jane and want to be on the next Better Than Before show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. The Jane Wilkins Michael Show is brought to you by Express Scripts and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org. Everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.